It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. You're tuned into Christian Questions. Join the conversation now on air or online at ChristianQuestions.com and download our app by searching for Christian Questions Radio. Here's Rick and Jonathan. James Taylor once said, You have to choose whether to love yourself or not. Good morning, I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And I'm Jonathan, and that different perspective has its basis in three things. Godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, always done in a politically free zone. Folks, thanks for joining us this fine Sunday morning. This is a call-in format, and we are caller-friendly. So, Jonathan, good morning, and what have we got to talk about this morning? Good morning, Rick. Our question for this morning is, but do you really like yourself? (laughs) And our theme text is found in Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Okay. So, it's about liking yourself. Do you really like yourself? No. Ah, Jonathan, we've got to talk. Uh-oh. Okay, we've got <laughs> to talk. Trouble. We've got to talk, okay? Because you know what? The, the fact of the matter is most of us really don't like ourselves. We're too tall or we're too short. We're too fat or too thin. We're too reserved or, or too lazy. We, we don't like ourselves because we don't think we before we act or we think too much and don't act at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We don't like ourselves because we're not attractive enough or we don't have enough charisma or, or we're too lonely or we run away from our problems. Maybe we think we're too forward and forceful or too confrontational or, or maybe we think we're too analytical or, or too self-conscious or maybe we think we're just plain wimpy. Whatever the case, we seem to be unhappy with ourselves, which brings us to the question, as a Christian, aren't we supposed to not like ourselves so we can be more like Jesus? Yeah, good question. (laughs) I mean, you know, shouldn't we be saying, oh yeah, you wretched, like that scripture, oh wretched man that I am. So shouldn't we be happy in our unhappiness? (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, look, let's stop already. Too many questions. Let's try and find some answers here because this is a really big subject. And, and Jonathan, this is actually a listener-driven uh, topic. It is. Wonderful. And I was, was, was speaking with someone several months ago uh, who listens avidly, and they said, you know, you really need to do a program on people liking themselves because people just don't. And she was, and she was telling me, you know, how in, in her particular profession she sees this all the time and how uh, discouraging it is to mm. see how people – we look at ourselves in, in such ways that that we we don't do ourselves any favors. We don't help ourselves out gotcha. by, by the way we see ourselves. You're right. You're right, Rick. So this morning, it's about understanding ourselves and looking at ourselves maybe through different eyes. That's what we want to try and accomplish uh, this morning. So to get started, let's ask some questions. Why don't we like ourselves? And I know there's plenty of reasons. We're only going to list out five reasons here this morning um, in this particular segment. I know there's lots more. Um, So what we need to do is get ourselves started with uh, what these reasons are. How do they work and, and why? Okay, so I don't like myself reason number one. Jonathan, what is it? I am flawed. Okay, and why would you say that? Well, 
Psalm 51.5. It explains it here, Rick. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So the interesting thing, especially if you're a Christian, about liking yourself or not liking yourself, is we can say, look, there's lots of scriptural reasons to not like ourselves. And here's one. Here's one really big one. Yeah. You know, like, basically, I am defective material. <laughs> From the start. Right. <laughs> you know, the, it, it, and that can be plain old discouraging. Yes, it, it can. It really is a hard thing to deal with, the idea that, wow, you know, from from the from the from the very start, you know, I, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You think, well, what chance have I got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I wish I could have gotten a picture of you right there with like, like, yeah, I feel like that. And and we all get that sense of, you know, what good is it? And and it's a hard thing. So we look at ourselves and say, yes. I am flawed, and the scriptures even remind me that I am flawed. Mm-hmm. So the scripture tells me I am, I think I am, eh, okay, here's where I live. And that's one reason. That's one. That, 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 that's kind of a, sort of a big overreaching reason. So let's go through, uh, to go to another reason and the scriptural backing for it. And that's the interesting thing, is the five reasons we're going to touch on this morning and expand from all have scriptural basis. So... The I don't like me reason number two for not liking myself is what? I have made many bad choices based upon my sinful flesh and desires. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a lot of agreement here this morning, I think, in this studio, because we've all done that. We've all made many, many, many bad choices based on our sinful flesh and based on our desires. And, And... you look at that and say, well, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, really uh, reiter- reiterates that for us in a very, very plain and simple way. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So you, you're looking at this, and the, the, the verses start out, it says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Well, that's encouraging. Mm. It's like, woohoo! You know? <laughs> you know? No. Then they, it says, among them, we too lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and we're by nature children of wrath. And again, I was born in sin. I'm a child of wrath. What good am I? Just throw me out and start over because this isn't working. Mm. So often, so many of us look at ourselves and we say, I'm flawed. I've made lots and lots and lots of bad choices based upon my own sinful flesh and my own desires. Nobody else at fault there but me. You know, I got, I've got to own that. Yep. And we look at that, and, and, and it just is a discouraging way to look at our lives. Now, that's only two reasons. I'm already re- re- ready to call it quits here. So two, two reasons. Let's go to the third reason. The I, the, the, the I don't, like my, don't like me reason number three is what? I don't even always do what's right. Even when I know better. Yeah. Wait a minute, Rick. You're setting me up. <laughs> You're setting me up. This sounds all too familiar. Hey, 
uh, we're going to be reversing these roles in the next two. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to read the oh, first okay. part, you and <laughs> you get to read the second part. All right? So it's getting too personal. Yeah. And, and you know... <laughs> How do you think I thought these up? I wasn't thinking of you, oh, okay? Oh, sounds no, like no, no, it, no, brother. No, no, I, know. I, I think of me. But see, this that's the point. Uh, folks, the point is that if you're listening, you're probably saying, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. And you know what? There's a scripture for this one too, Jonathan. Romans chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what am I doing? I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. So, I am a walking contradiction. Yeah, that's exactly. that's That's what that's saying. I, I don't even always do what's right, even when I know better. You know, sometimes we make mistakes and we make a bad decision or a bad choice, maybe because we didn't have all the information. But then there are times where we make a bad choice or a bad decision because we want to make a bad choice or bad and decision. And your conscience knows it. Right. Ugh. And you do it anyway. Ugh. Unbelievable. Yeah, and so we, yeah. we all have been there, and we all have that sense. And it, it, it produces guilt. Mm-hmm. It produces angst. It produces this sense of worthlessness. Exactly. And what do we do with that? And, and folks, look, you got to hang on for the first segment because all we're going to do is talk about the reasons we don't like ourselves. <laughs> After the first segment, then we're going to get into okay, what do we do with these reasons? So let's let us get through this. We'll, we'll begin to take your calls and your input for the next segment because we don't necessarily want you to add to this segment. <laughs> okay, yeah. we've got enough reasons here. Okay, <laughs> and the number is eight six six nine eight five forty two fifty five. All right, all right, Rick, my turn. Oh. <laughs> Really I don't curious. like my reason number four. You mean you don't like you? I don't like me. Me. I don't like it, me, reason number four. <laughs> okay, I don't like me, reason number four. Even when I do what's right, it seems to end up bad anyway. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Wait, I, I guess this backfired. Yeah. No, <laughs> Wait a not, minute. You're not supposed to react. I'm supposed to react. Like, okay. oh, man, that stinks. And it's true. It does stink because then you try. Okay, I'm going to get it together and I'm going to focus myself and I'm going to act appropriately and accordingly. And, and you know what ends up happening? We, we mess it up anyway. But, and, and but, but you do things right. That's a good thing. Yeah, but it, it doesn't end up right. So it's like, oh, you know, even when I do, when I dry hard, it still gets screwed up. Uh, Isaiah 64, verses 6 and 7. For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name, who arouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and have delivered us into the power of our iniquities. See, our, all our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. It's like the best that we can offer still isn't it's not that good. So just face the fact. I mean, you know, it, it just is not that good. All right. I don't like my reason number five. Go ahead, oh. Rick. <laughs> I cannot escape from the mire of this pit of my own sin. It's I, like, I feel your pain, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're stuck inside ourselves. Yeah. And, and when we get stuck there, it feels like there is no good way out because I just am flawed. I make bad choices. Even when I know better, and even when I do things right, they sometimes end up wrong. I'm just stuck. And again, Romans 3, 9 to 13 reminds us how stuck we really are. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. 
There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips. Oh, that sounds like really encouraging stuff. I am totally depressed. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rick. Hey, you know, anytime. <laughs> I, I, I always strive to help. Uh, so, so here's five basic reasons. We're going to go through these one at a time and look at them from a really critical scriptural perspective. And as we do that, Jonathan, we're also going to tell a story. Actually, we're not going to tell a story. We're going to borrow a story uh, from the skit guys. Now, we love the skit guys. Um, we... Uh, are going to use one of their skits. It's called God's Chisel Remastered. And folks, you you want to look these guys up online, theskitguys.com. They have these wonderful, wonderful devotional skits. And in this skit, you've got Tommy. He's a guy. He's a Christian who is is going to be talking to God about himself. And it's kind of an odd thing when you think about it, but it's a conversation between God and Tommy about his life. So here's kind of the introduction to that story. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be His masterpiece. I want to be everything He created me to be. And so I go to Him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of Your Son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh, why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh, okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? So, you have the start. All right, he's, he's having a conversation with God, and of course it's done with humor and so forth. So the idea is to get to the heart of the matter of looking at ourselves, and that's really what this is about, because you know what? Most of us really don't like ourselves, and we've got a lot of work to do on that, because there are different answers. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, but do we really like ourselves? Coming up, so we're all messed up, some more than others. The <laughs> scriptures confirm this. Now what? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today is, But Do You Really Like Yourself? We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. If you don't have an app, a free app for your smartphone, 
Go to your app store and type in Christian Questions Radio. That's right. Stop taking a nap. Get the app. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about, we, we listed out five reasons that we just don't like ourselves. And, and now, Jonathan, we're going to go through those those reasons and perhaps many, many others that are tied to them and try to put it all in perspective. And the way we want to do this is at the beginning of each segment, we want to just set up a, a good answer to just get started with, something to build off of. Because at the end of the last segment, you said, okay, look. We're all messed up. Some more than others. Right. And <laughs> okay. the scriptures confirm this. Right. Now what? What do we do now? Well, first of all, the only thing we can do now is to try and see our dilemma from a different perspective. And here again is where we often run into trouble. Because, okay, a lot of times you go through your life and you see things and, you know, you're, you're looking at yourself and you say, well, yeah, oh boy, I, I really am a mess. And then you ask somebody else who's a mess what they think and they think that you're a mess too. <laughs> or or they, they, uh. the sources that we go to, mm. the alternate perspectives that we go to are likely to search out, that we're likely to search out and choose from run to trouble because they're no better than we are. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so that's the problem, is, is we get into the situation, we run into trouble because those, they're, they're, that perspective is not better than us. They're just as me- messed up as we already are, okay? Because we often go to people that are, are kind of in our same boat, if mm-hmm. you will. Sure. So what do we have to do? We have to think bigger. We have to think higher. Where are you going to go for a different perspective on who and what you are? Well, let's look at John chapter 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So, this is a very, this is one of the most often quoted scriptures in the Bible. That's right. Okay? And it says something very, very specific. God so loved the world. Now, is the world messed up? Oh, yeah. But it says... God loved the world enough to send Jesus. That's got to tell us something about a different perspective. So he loves us anyway. That's right. Oh. You know, and and of course as Christians we know that. But do we really know that? And that's the problem. We know it, but we don't we don't adopt it as our basis for our thinking when we look at ourselves. So God loves his human creation. So why not begin to look at ourselves through God's eyes rather than ours? And that's going to be the exercise we're going to work on throughout this program, is let's begin to look at ourselves through God's eyes rather than ourselves. So let's go back to the skit guys, God's Chisel uh, Remastered, and remember, Tommy is talking to God in this skit, and you know, we, we, we needed to cut some, some pieces out of it to, to fit everything in and all. But they're having a conversation, and the part of this conversation that we're going to be listening to now is, is God is going to try to get Tommy to realize he's got to see things a little bit differently. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, God. Mm-hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. 
You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel. No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. And that's part of the problem is we like the idea of becoming godly and of, of changing ourselves and, and growing. But when it comes to doing the work, we still like to talk about the idea. Mm, talk right. or chisel. Talk or chisel. That's really what we want to get to. So we want to do the chiseling this morning. But we want to do it in a really positive way so that we can understand not liking ourselves is, is a, is a uh, situation that needs to be addressed. So let's go back to that very first reason. What was the, the I, don't like my, I don't like me reason number one? I am flawed. And what was the scripture? Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Okay, so we've got that scripture, I am flawed. And yes, I am. I am flawed. Okay, because God recognizes our sin in the context of his love, he not only provides us needed accountability, but he provides us a pathway back to him. And Jonathan, that's the first thing I think we need to realize is that God recognizes our sin in the context of his love. And when we can begin to understand what that means, and hopefully we can define that as we go, that changes things. Because God sees it. God see, You know what? God sees your sin much more fully than you do. Mm-hmm. And that can either be scary or encouraging because it's in the context of his love so therefore it should be encouraging now psalm 51 5 i you know born in sin shaping in iniquity i'm a pile of junk if you just read that that's right you could walk away saying this is this is terrible let's read a little bit of the context though of that same scripture and see where that fits from a godly perspective psalm 51 verses 6 to 13 behold you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sins will be con- sinners will be converted to you. So in this psalm, and this is one of the psalms uh, after David uh, committed some really, really, really terrible sins, and he's bringing it all to God, and he said, you know, I'm a real, real, real mess. But then in these verses, Jonathan, he is showing us that he has begun to realize that his sins are being viewed through the eyes of God's love and compassion, God's justice as well, but his love and his compassion and mercy. And he says, look, you know, make me to know wisdom, meaning he's capable of knowing it if God helps him. You know, purify me and I shall be clean. It means he's capable of being clean if he relies on God. So he's showing us all of the capability, all of the potential that was in him even after committing those awful, awful sins. And see, the key thing about David and those sins is he is running away from those sins. He didn't commit the sins and say, oh God, I did these terrible things and you know, please forgive me and then just go back to them. You've got to be careful with that. He decided that that was the wrong place. 
He needed to get to the right place. And so he is looking to God and he's beginning to see his own life through God's eyes. And in these verses, he says, do not cast me away from your presence. And in verse 12, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Meaning, I've, I know what the joy of your salvation is. I just lost it because I chose to lose it. But help me get it back. Meaning, his, his, his prayer here to God, and I'm going to dramatically paraphrase this, is God, I love you. I know that I am valuable in your eyes, but I lost that value because of my actions. Help me get the value that I know you see in me back. Help me to grow from my mistake. Right. I'm flawed. I know it, but I know you see beyond the flaw. See, to me, Jonathan, that is such, that is such a brilliant way to begin to address the issues of our lives. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. Don't forget to interact with us on our website at ChristianQuestions.com. Join us on Facebook, and you can tweet us at CQNet Radio. All right, so... The context of Psalm 51.5, which you know, basically brings to our attention how flawed we are, the context says, but God's eyes are not looking necessarily at the flaw. They're looking at the whole person saying, there's potential. Come up to a higher place. So when we do bring our flawed selves back to God, that ends up being a glorious time because we can now begin to learn to live in his love. Psalm 103, 1 to 5 is a good example of that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion? Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle? How can I better see myself through the eyes of God? How can I see what he sees? You know, and it's such a dramatic contrast, Psalm 51, where David is in such a, a dire strait, and Psalm 103, where he is just, just, he has found a way to, to find God's perspective, and he's just, he's just praising that perspective. And he's seeing and he's convinced that that perspective is what can, in fact, rule his life. What a difference. What, that's a, an attitude change. It really is. It's, it's a huge attitude change. Now, here's the, here's the issue with attitude. It changes. Mm-hmm. And so we can consciously work to make that attitude change. But if we don't work to keeping that attitude changed... It's going to go back. It's going right. to revert. Absolutely. Okay, so it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it can't be done. It's just a challenge to get it done. L- let's go back to the Skit Guys because we want to continue to tell their story. God's Chisel Remastered. Skitguys.com is the source for this. And remember, uh, God is telling Tommy, look, do you want me to, do you want to talk or you want to chisel? Talk or chisel? Talk. And, and, and Tommy said, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to work with me. Is he? Let's listen. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, You compare yourself to others instead of me. 
You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. <laughs> First lesson, do not argue with God. <laughs> it just isn't going to work out for you. I just promise you that. But, you know, the, the sense that, okay, we get started on the process, and then we have doubts, and okay, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. But there's a transformation that this story is telling, and we want to follow it through. And the, one of the things, Jonathan, is we do play God in our lives mm-hmm. by deciding that we are so flawed that we can't like ourselves. The, the fact is, God loves you. Who, what gives you the right to not like yourself if God loves you? I mean, really, think about that. Wow. Because God sees your flaws much more clearly than you do, and he loves you anyway. Wow. So, I mean, we've got to put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. So now we need to get to the learning to like myself. Learning to like myself, principle number one. My communication, and this is what we're talking about here, my communication doesn't necessarily define me, but it does reveal how I am willing to be defined. When we communicate with others, you know, we can be speaking in, uh, you know, in, in glowing terms or, you know, maybe we're harsh or brash mm-hmm. or, or, or insulting or, or, you know, maybe we just don't have good communication skills. Well, it can define you, but don't you have a choice, Rick? Well, and that's the thing. Most of the time, what we do because we don't like ourselves is say, I'm a terrible communicator. I say bad things to people or I say negative things. You know, I'm bad. You don't have to have that communication be defining for your life. But unless you do something about it, it will. And so you're right. It's a choice. So my communication doesn't have to define me, but it does reveal what I'm leaning on in terms of where I get my communication and what I'm communicating. So let's look at a a good place to lean for, for positive, strong, godly communications. Colossians 3, 12 to 17. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So this is talking about being a good, strong, godly, compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, and patient communicator. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And that last verse, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. If we have the Lord Jesus in our hearts and our minds during our communication, it's going to elevate it automatically. Even if you're not talking about spiritual things, 
you're going to be talking in a spiritual way that people can look up to. I like how it said, put on love. Yeah. And that's that, that highest form of love, that selfless love. Right, right. So there is a choice. How do we communicate? What is it that we base our communication on? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, but do you really like yourself? Coming up, being inherently flawed is one thing, but what about my personal decisions that are just plain bad? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today is, but do you really like yourself? We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. And don't forget to sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition, at ChristianQuestions.com. All right. So, Jonathan, as we <coughs> continue through this subject, again, at the, last, at the end of the last segment, you said, you know, okay, so we're inherently flawed, but what about the decisions that are just plain bad? What about those? You know, because sometimes, yeah, but I do make bad decisions. I do. We I, all do. And, and so times, what yeah. do I do about that? Well, look. Let's be blunt about this. Do you think that God is not aware of your bad choices? Of course he's aware. And of course, that makes me not like myself even more, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until I ask the question, how does he see you in spite of those bad choices that he knows? Matter of fact, he knows you're going to make the bad choice before you make it. That's right. He so does. how does he see you in spite of that? Let's look. James 1, 17 to 18. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits among his creatures. So, there are several things here. First, God is the Father. Okay? Yep. And, you know, to, to, to coin a very old phrase from another generation, Father knows best. <laughs> okay? Yep. Second, he is trustworthy. And you can't get more trustworthy than God in heaven. And thirdly, he is trustworthy and he gives us truth for the benefit of all. That's what the scripture says. That's right. So why would he give you truth for the benefit of all if you're nothing but trash? He wouldn't. Exactly. He's smarter than that. Give God credit in his love for you. Which voice do you listen to in your own head when you are not liking yourself? Do you listen to that that gnawing, nagging, ragged voice of your own person that says, I'm just worthless? Or do you hear the voice of God saying, I love you, my child, and I know you're broken, but that's why I'm here in your life. Let's get back to the I don't like me reason number two. What was that? I have made bad choices based upon my sinful flesh and desires. And just quickly reread the scripture that we used to base it on. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, 
and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. All right, I've made many bad choices upon, based on my sinful flesh and desires. That scripture proves it. What am I supposed to do? Well, first, let's go back to the skit, guys. God's chiseled, remastered. And you know, now God is talking to Tommy, and he's getting down to the core of some of the matters in his life that need to be worked on. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh. Trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. You know, and you heard the little sarcasm, like, uh, he says, yeah, right, like it hurts you more than it hurts me. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that. All right. We'll get okay. to that. Because there's great depth and wisdom in understanding that particular point. And, and Jonathan, really, you know, what they're touching on in the skit and where we want to go here in, in the program at this point is, you know, our bad choices... You can't take away what's already happened. Right. Okay, so that means our personal history is there to stay. And our personal history can really be destructive, especially if we view it as our personal present and our personal future. See, that's what we end up doing. We end up dragging the past and making it the present and projecting it into the future. And that's, it's just, that's, that's the natural form of, of imperfect humanity. So how does God view our personal history? Because that's what we do. We take our personal history and say, well, you know, this is how over bad I am. Over and over again right, in right, our heads. Right. Oh. Well, how does God view our personal history? Ephesians 2. Now let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2. Every time you read a scripture that talks to us about how bad we are, mm-hmm. the context of the scripture tells us how good it is for God to love us in spite of being bad. Okay. So, again, it's seeing it through God's eyes. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raises us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, it says that God loved us even when we were dead in our transgressions. And then it and then it gives you a picture that he's he's br- brought us up higher and has seated, seated seated us with him in the heavenly places with Jesus. We're not there yet, but it's saying that's how God views you. He even when in, in in the worst transgressions of your life, his love is conquering. But we have to choose to let it stay conquering. Let's continue verses seven through ten. So that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
For we are all his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Whose opinion, whose observation, whose assessment of your personal history is most reliable? God's. But do you believe it enough to trust his opinion, his observation, and his assessment of your personal history? Or do we say, yes, intellectually, that's the right answer, but I'm going to go back to my own? See, that's, that, that's, the, that's where we, we, we fall off the wagon. The we, default. <laughs> because we are so ingrained in this, I don't like myself. Do you realize, Jonathan, our, our not liking ourselves to the point of bringing ourselves down? It, it, let, let me back up for a second because it's okay to not like parts of ourselves, not like what we do. It's okay, and that's appropriate when we're not doing things that are good or right or just or, or kind or loving or something like that. But we need to realize that God sees us, our character, as potential ground for goodness and godliness. So we need to learn to love ourselves in spite of not liking what we do. Okay, that, That's part of the, 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 the balance, and you've got to rely on God's eyes, not yours, in looking at that. Psalm 103, and again, we're going to keep going back to Psalm 103. So we've got, we've got a, 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 a process here. We're going to, every time we have a scripture that tells us you know, how bad we are, mm-hmm. we're going to go to the context of that scripture to find out how good God is in correcting that. Yes. And then we're going to go back through Psalm 103 through the rest of the program because that's a sort of a completed look at praising God's way of looking at us. Psalm 103, 6 to 11. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. See, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how great his loving kindness is towards those of us who are looking to him. That's huge. That is that we cannot comprehend the size and the scope of God's love. We can't. It's bigger than us. God's grace, God's benevolence, and God's plan are bigger than you and I can even imagine. So why wouldn't we trust his view of our broken selves? Why wouldn't we? And the answer is because we're too darn stubborn and we want to think the way we want to think because some there's some there's some kind of strange comfort in in basking in our misery (laughs) how sad it is (laughs) it is is. so let's get on to the learning to like myself principle number two what is that my desires to not necessarily define me but what they do reveal what i what i look to to drive me so my desires don't have to define me we all have desires, and for most of us, we look at our desires and we, we define ourselves through those desires, but they don't have to define us because we can learn to rise above those desires that are not appropriate or not good or not godly or not kind and so forth, but they reveal what I look to to drive me. So we again, it's a choice. It is. It all comes down to a choice. Let's focus on getting the desires into the right place. Philippians 4, 4 4-7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And again, prayer comes into the equation here in this particular uh, circumstance because we want to be focused on looking at godly desires, replacing those other desires that are not appropriate with godly desires that are. That's what the scripture is telling us. Drive your desires towards God's mind and God's way. He knows it's difficult. And that's why he gives us so many things that we can rely on. So, so Jonathan, one of, the, one of the issues with our desires is we often desire to be like or look like or act like somebody else. Comparing yourself to yes. someone else. Yeah. Okay. And that right. is one of the biggest areas of self-loathing mm. because we look at this person or that person and we look at their talents and their abilities and their accomplishments and maybe their words, whatever it is, and we say, wow. Man, I could never be like that. And then we walk away from that comparison all beaten up, beaten down, and, you know, and, and ground to dust. The, the trial of comparing ourselves to others is, is one of Satan's greatest tools in our lives. Unless that comparison helps us to walk away encouraged. If that comparison says, I understand the Apostle Peter made a lot of mistakes and I feel good about that because I make a lot of mistakes and I can identify, good, mm -hmm. make that comparison. Yes, yes. But if you look at the Apostle Peter and said, look what he became and look how strong he became and I'm worthless, don't go there. Because all that is is Satan taking you and saying, you're worthless. God can't help you because you are so bad, so just give up. That is not a godly look at ourselves. That's not God's eyes. It's our own eyes. Jonathan, you know, in the second hour, what we're going to try and do, along with the skit guys, is bring in another really simple way of looking at ourselves. A really, a, a childlike way of, I have in my hands a childlike answer to this whole problem. I'm looking at it. You see this? I see it. Okay. So in the second hour, we're going to be touching on this childlike way to help us refocus our thinking. Because here's what it comes down to, folks. We don't like ourselves. Many, many times, most of us fall into that category. And the reason we don't like ourselves is because we're flawed. It's because we make decisions that aren't good. It's because our choices uh, are based on sinful desires and so forth. And we look at that and we say... You know, there's no hope for me. There is hope because God's eyes don't see that. Only they see the potential. And if you believe in God, you owe it to yourself to rely on His judgment of you rather than yours. In the second hour, we're going to continue to build that argument to try and transform how we see ourselves so we can actually love ourselves in a godly way. So for Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we will be back after the news and all that. But till then... Do you like yourself? We'll be back soon. Think about it. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. You're tuned into Christian Questions. Join the conversation now on air or online at ChristianQuestions.com and download our app by searching for Christian Questions Radio. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Susie Kasim once said, Stay true to yourself. An original is worth more than a copy. <laughs> Got to talk about that. <laughs> Good morning, folks. Welcome back. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different 
perspective. And, and Jonathan, we have a, a, a subject this morning on the table that probably affects almost everybody in terms of their regular everyday life. What's the question? But do you really like yourself? And our theme text is found in Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? And yeah, you know, the Apostle Paul is showing you a, a real representation of that cell that, that looking at ourselves saying, Boy, I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. And we are. We are. Okay, we are. But what happens is we take the mess and we allow the mess in our lives to override the love of God in our lives. And we let the eyes of the mess win over the eyes of God. We let the voice of the mess win over the voice of God. And then we, we make it even worse. Mm-hmm. So we're just falling right into Satan's hands is really what it boils down exactly. to. Exactly. So, do you really like yourself? And most of us don't, okay? And we understand that. We're looking at several ways we don't like ourselves and, and applying scripture to them to try to put things in a perspective to say, hey, there's another way to look at these things, another way to do these things. So, Jonathan, we went through two I don't like myself reasons in the first hour. Reason number was one was what? I am flawed. And then we looked at the learning to like myself principle based on that reason. And what's the learning to like myself principle number one? My communication doesn't necessarily define me, but it does reveal how I am willing to be defined. So part of our flaw is that we don't communicate well. We don't uplift other people. Sometimes we are insulting and we tear them down and and, and, and so forth. And maybe that's your natural way of doing things. But it doesn't have to be the defining way you do things. Mm-hmm. You have a choice That's right. as to to be able to raise that communication up to a higher, more godly level. And we looked at scriptures to help us with that. My I don't like me reason number two from the first hour was what? I have made many bad choices based upon my sinful flesh and desires. Okay. Okay. I've made lots of choices outside of the fact that I'm inherently flawed. The learning to like myself principle number two was? My desires do not necessarily define me, but they do reveal what I look to to drive me. So again, we have desires. And for most of us, we say, because I have the desire, therefore I am defined by it. Doesn't have to be so. We can learn to rise above those desires that may not be appropriate or good or healthy or wholesome and replace them with others. But you have to choose. But what your desires do show you is what you're willing to let define you. Rick, you mentioned you wanted to talk about an original that's worth more than a copy. What were you thinking? Well, you know, God loves us in spite of our sin, in spite of our difficulty. He loves us as original human beings even though we're fallen and when we want to copy others we're losing our own originality before god why Mm. would you do that that's the trial of comparison it is it is it is it's the trial of comparison and our really simple childlike way of dealing with this is going to deal with that in a few minutes okay let's get back to uh the the uh, the skit guys okay god's chisel remastered and you know now god and tommy are having this conversation in this skit and God is now getting down to the core of the matter, and he's, Tommy is now exposing himself to God. He's being honest, and he says something in this part that is very, very revealing. I'm sorry. I, just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. 
these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character when you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, 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 I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. What? Nothing. Now what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. That is so powerful. Because we, when we park ourselves in this dislike of ourselves, that's what we're saying. God, you wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's get this straight. God of all the universe would not understand what one of his children is going through. I mean, let's rethink the eyes that we see ourselves with and the voice that we listen to. God appreciates our frailty and has made allowances for it. Do you do the same for yourself? I mean, he appreciates it and he makes allowances, but do we do that for ourselves? 1 Corinthians twelve twenty to 23. But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. There is great, great wisdom in the structure of the body of Christ. And when, when, when we look at this scripture and we see the idea that different members do different things, and some have more honor than others, but the point is, so what? They all have value, Rick. And you're still a part of something bigger than yourself. And, and when we compare and say, well, but if I was an I, I could do better. No, you couldn't. You're not meant to be. You are meant to be the best you that God can make you through Christ. Be that. Be that. Let's go to why I don't like me reason number three. What is it? I don't even always do what's right, even when I know better. And boy, that's a hard one because that's so true. Even when I know better, sometimes I just let my guard down and I do the wrong thing. Romans seven fourteen to 15 was the scripture for that. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. And we are, as we mentioned before, we are walking contradictions. I'm going to keep mentioning that because mm-hmm. it's true. Yes. All right, let's go back quickly to the to, to uh, God's Chisel Remastered by the Skit Guys. And again, you can find their information at skitguys.com. Uh, they, have a, they are just inspirational. They, in a humorous way... Help us understand how to apply scripture and godliness to our lives. And I really, really love the work that they do. So now, you know, Tommy has just revealed to God that, you know, I can't be good. You know, I just can't. I don't feel like I can. Let's see what happens next. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this this 
this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. Very, very moving. And, and, and you know, he, he's come to a point where, okay, go ahead, do the work. I'm afraid. But now he's saying, I'm afraid, but I trust you more than I trust my fear. Mm, I like that. And that's where we have to get to in our assessment of ourselves. We are walking contradictions. We... Um, we see, we know, and we want God's will, but so often we do, we do less, or we act contrary, or, or even we even defy God's will. We see this as a reason to beat ourselves down. But the question is, how does God see that? And before we go to the phones, Jonathan, let's go to Romans seven twenty-one to 25. And again, Romans 7, that's where we got the, the scriptural reason that says that, you know, okay, even though uh, I, I don't do right even when I know better. So that's the negative part in the same context it brings it into a better picture. Romans seven twenty one to 25. I find then that the principle that is evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself, with one mind, am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. So the apostle is saying, yes, we are walking contradictions. He says that right there. God sees our flaming contradictions through the covering of Jesus. He sees them. And that's the great news. And again, before the phones, let's go to one more scripture. One, Psalm 103, 12 to 14. Because what's God's reaction to those flaming contradictions in our lives? As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. The depth of God's compassion is immeasurable. Shouldn't we love those who he loves? And the answer is, yeah, of yeah. course. Well, he loves you. So <laughs> there you go. That's your job. That's your obligation. Well, we have uh, Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, those scriptures you just read, all I can say is amen. That's right. You know there is a remarkable uh, parallel comparison. So this gets your uh, your uh, airing out this morning. Mm-hmm. The whole book of Job yes. is a dialogue between God and uh, Jehovah God and Job. And, you know, there's supposedly three comforters and then uh, the young man at the end, near the end, Elihu. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's so remarkable, that book, uh, and how the, the, uh, the uh, essence, uh, I think it's remarkable, and it's so accurate in what you're assessing. That is, uh, Job, uh, he summarizes God's you know, uh, uh, discipline, and then the, the outcome is always positive and glorious. And he summarizes it when he says, Though he slay me, yea, will I trust him. So uh, uh, that's, that's the God we love, the God we serve. 
And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, the, the 40 chapters, over 40 chapters in the book of Job, 40 years covering maybe his life. And uh, at the end, uh, a favorite verse is Job 42, chapter 42, verse 5, I think it is. It says, uh, Job summarizes his return to favor with God by saying, I have heard of thee with the hearing of mine ear, but now mine eye sees you, uh, meaning that now I understand what this has been all about. But a glorious God. God bless. Thank you so Thank much you. for calling, Julius. Great scripture, great example of the book of Job, and, and that now I see you. And that's what we want here. We want to see God's perspective of us and embrace it as 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 a, a value, so therefore we are of value. Look, got to learn to like ourselves here. And again, I don't like myself. Reason number three was I don't even always do what's right, even though I know what when I know what's better. What's the learning to like myself principle number three? My actions do not necessarily define me, but they do reveal my direction in life. Again, our actions, we figure that, okay, I do it, therefore I must be it. No, I do it. It can define you if you let it, but you have a choice to rise above. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God sees us being made right through Jesus. Surely we can begin to see what he sees. God sees that, yes, we're broken and we do bad things and we do wrong things, but that doesn't have to define us. God's eyes see bigger and better things in our potential. Shouldn't we see through God's eyes? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, but do you really like yourself? Coming up. We, being imperfect, can never truly please God. So aren't we really fighting a losing battle? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. When the world You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today is, but do you really like yourself? We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. Or you can message us on your app. And if you'd like to write to us, you can write to us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320. And Jonathan, at the end of the last segment, you talked about the fact that, uh, you know, we're fighting a losing battle because we we're imperfect. We can never truly please God. Imperfection doesn't please God. Just doesn't. Okay. So what do we do that with that? Okay. Well, you know, th th there's truth in that. There is. But you have to put the truth in the perspective of what the goodness of it is. We are weak and we lack discipline and we lack focus. We even hold on to things that may not be right in God's eyes. And yet he sees the depth of our heart above and beyond all of these things. Thank God. Right. <laughs> not only thank God, but trust him. Trust what he sees. Trust what he says. Trust what his plan is for you rather than your own broken 
thinking. Romans 14, 5-8. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Every person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So what this scripture is showing us is that people think think about things differently and, mm-hmm. and approach things differently, and God sees the differences, and he knows what the heart is. Yes. And he's going to draw us up. It doesn't mean that if you're, you know, got a, got a comment from the, the uh, Christian Questions app that says, the scripture in Romans 7 sounds like whatever sin we do is okay because our flesh is evil, so don't worry about your sin. You know, because it says, you know, uh, you know I, I don't do the things I'm supposed to do and I do the things I'm not supposed to do. I serve sin on one hand and I serve God on the other hand. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a contract with sin, so I've got to fulfill that contract. <laughs> That's not no. at all <laughs> what it's saying is I am a slave to sin. I am there. I don't want to be there. And I am fighting with that. And the idea is it's acknowledging the fact that that fight exists. Yes. As we are looking to have servitude to God as well. So we have to acknowledge the fight, but don't give in to the fight. That's, that's I think, what that scripture is saying. Jonathan, let's go to the phones. All right. Well, we have Carol from Connecticut. Good morning, Carol, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. I love your question today. Um, I, I love myself, but I don't like myself. because <laughs> I'm uh, Because I'll tell you why. Because I've been hurt by my sibling and her family many, many, many times. So I've come to the conclusion I cry every day I'm, I'm, I'm about, about how they hurt me. And I've come to the conclusion like this, Rick and Jonathan, don't think they left me. I can't forgive them. I don't pray for them. I do pray for her grandchildren. I don't pray for them because they're, they hurt me so bad that when my son got hurt recently, they don't even call to ask him. And Greg has never done it anyway. But the thing is, I'm comfortable that when I die, I will have to answer that to God. But as far as uh, trying again, no more. I I do love myself, and I will help anybody. The way I like myself is I help other people. I help strangers. I help my kids at school. But I will answer to him because I can't. I can't forgive the hurt of many, many, many decades of being hurt. So um, I do love myself, but liking what I did and being susceptible to uh, what they put me through and my kids, I just can't forgive. So I'll All ask right. it. I'm comfortable with that. All right, Carol, um, th- thanks for the comment. And that, that's, a, that's a very loaded comment there. So uh, appreciate your call yeah. and appreciate your, your making a difference between loving yourself and, and you know, the things that you don't like about yourself. I'm going to comment mm-hmm. on that uh, after you get off the, off the air, but thanks for uh, calling, calling in right, for us this morning. All right, thank you. Take Bye-bye. care. And, and Jonathan, one thing I want to say about that is we're actually going to be doing, I think we have a program on forgiveness coming up in several weeks. Mm, and I'm going to make a note to address that type of a situation because, folks, look, as Christians, one of the basic principles is learning how to get beyond our own limitations when it comes to forgiving. So that's a hard thing. There's it is. no question about it. And it's a good thing to be looking at. So I'm glad Carol had the strength uh, to, to bring it up. I don't like myself. Reason number four, Jonathan, was what? Even 
when I do what's right, it seems to end up bad anyway. And we looked at Isaiah 64, 6 and 7. For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Okay, so, you know, the scripture says things are not good in our lives. I mean, the best that we can do is like a filthy garment before God, so, you know, why even bother? As we go through that, let's go back to the skit, guys, because I think it's appropriate the next comment here that, that in the conversation between God and Tommy uh, in relation to, you know, I'm, I'm just worthless before God, so what good is it? Let's listen. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug you think you're junk listen to me I don't take time to make junk how can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west that how can I show you that my love for you has no end I know reach your back pocket what reach your back pocket why are you arguing with me reach your back pocket oh god yes I just went god I'll do that right now you're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those guys because, you know, they can talk to you about a really serious thing and just make it acceptable with with the humor. And so now they're getting down to the core of, 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 of many things in, in Tommy's life as he's going through this chiseling. Look, we see ourselves as so incomplete and so unworthy that we assume ourselves to be generally worthless. And this is the way that we define our lives. What does God see? He sees value. He sees worth. He sees potential. He sees what we can be in his hands. And that, Jonathan, is the key. It's got to be in his hands. That's wonderful. And are we going to trust his hands on our lives or our own hands? We should trust his. Right. And remember in, the, in that last uh, Isaiah 64 scripture, our, you know, our deeds are all like filthy garments. Mm-hmm. Well, let's read the very next verse, Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. And all of us are the work of your hand. So, okay, our righteousness is like filthy rags, but we're the work of his hands. Take that scripture and focus on that one rather than the other one. Exactly. It will help you take the brokenness of your experiences and choices and lift them up to a higher potential and result. The way we see ourselves dictates whose hands we place our life in. Do we place our life in God's hands? Or do we place our life in Satan's hands? Mm. That's a hard question. It is. Psalm 103, 15 to 18. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts 
to do that. So again, as a man, his days are like grass. As a flower, we're we're very we're we're very temporary in this world and in this experience. But there, there's much more to it than that. We've got to put ourselves in God's hands. That's what Psalm 103 is telling us. God's thoughts and plans are based on eternity. Shouldn't we really rely on his judgment of us? Temporary versus eternity. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me choose. Temporary, eternity? Hmm. Well, yeah, temporary eternity. Not only that, it, it's 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 flawed thinking versus perfect thinking. It's created versus creator. I mean, so many of these things come into play here. Let's um. So let's go to the learning to like myself principle. Okay, you know the fourth reason we didn't like ourselves is even when I do the right things, they seem to end up bad anyway. And look, Jonathan, sometimes we do the right things and they end up right, but we don't want to give ourselves credit because that ruins our picture. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sad, yeah. Okay, which is it is. It's really really sad. So learning to like myself principle number four is what my works, my accomplishments do not necessarily define me, but they do reveal how much I have to live. Let Christ live in me. So again, what we do, what we accomplish, doesn't have to be defining factors. It can be. Yes. But what we accomplish also reveals what, uh, what, how much we're letting Christ live in us. I mean, are we accomplishing great things in playing games? Mm. Or are we accomplishing great things in terms of helping others and, and lifting ourselves to higher spiritual levels? Galatians chapter 2, verses 16 and then 19 through 21. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. So, so what he's saying, the, the law gave me an understanding of what sin is, and it gave me a, a sense that, hey, you can't please God because you can't fulfill that law. So what happens next? I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. So what he's saying is the law served a great purpose, but it was a purpose to bring us to the next step. Yes. Our lives have to be defined in Christ so that we can become acceptable to God, not because we do things, but because of our covering with, with Christ. That's what breaks it, makes us acceptable. But God calls us, not just so he can cover some piece of dirt with Christ, but because there is potential in that person of you that he wants to draw out. No longer I, it is I who live, which means my little human life has been redirected away from myself and to Christ alone. But it's still our little human life that is being spoken of here. Let's go to the uh, skit guys one more time in this segment. God's chiseled, remastered. And now God has in this skit broken Tommy down enough so he's willing to see and understand himself. And he's, God is now going to bring him back to what his true heart's desire really is. And we've been kind of talking around this the, the whole program. Here's where it gets down to the core. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? 
Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. And that's the point. Tommy found that that core belief that drew him to want to, to, to serve God through Christ. And now he sees it and says, okay, I remember now. So he's, he's beginning to see it through God's eyes, not his own. It's a beautiful transformation. But folks, it takes a lot of work. Now, Jonathan, another way to look at this transformation, you know, we're looking at it very, with deep emotion in terms of oh, this. Oh, yes. But, you know, let's look at it much more simply from a child's perspective. When I was actually working on the program and writing the introduction, remember, and in the introduction it was, you know, sometimes we're too tall or too short or too fat or too thin or too reserved or too lazy. Mm-hmm. I went back in my mind to reading to my children when they were very, very, very young a specific Dr. Seuss book called Old Hat, New Hat. Now, we read it so many times it got all broken up and thrown away, so I have to go buy another one. <laughs> But, you know, it's a really, really simple children's story. The little bear wants a new hat because his old hat is kind of broken down. And his old hat represents himself, who he is. And so he goes to the hat store, and he's looking for hats. And I just want to read a few pages here as we go through this. He's, he's at the hat store trying hats on. And this one's too flat, too tall, too loose, too tight, too heavy, too light, too red, too dotty, too blue, too spotty. Too fancy, too frilly, too shiny, too silly. He's trying on all these hats and none of them just too beady, too bumpy, too leavy, too lumpy, too lit, too twisty, too twirly, too wrinkly, too curly. And he's going on and on and on and on. Then he says, wait. And he puts his old hat on again. And he says, just right. And the point is, he's trying to look like something else that he's not. God doesn't need us to change our hats. He needs us to change our hearts he wants us to wear our hat because we are who he loves. Let us, let him love us and draw us up as we transform our hearts. Don't try to look like somebody else or act like somebody else or be like somebody else. Be the best you as God sees you in your life and in your experiences. Be you before God. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Let's try that commercial break again, shall we, Fred? <laughs> this is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, but do you really like yourself? Coming up. So are we doomed to trudge through life, trying, failing, and then finally dying? That's next. Great. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Christian Questions. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. 
Welcome back. Our subject for today is, but do you really like yourself? We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. Or you can message us on your app. And if you'd like to email us, you can email us at rick at christianquestions.com. So, Jonathan, at the end of the last segment, what did you say? So, are we doomed to trudge through life, trying, failing, and then finally dying? After all this talk, that's what you ask? (laughs) But see, that's what we go back to. That's the default. And folks, that is at fault. Because Mm -hmm. after all of this, we should be able to begin to understand there's a higher way to see this. Are we doomed? No. We're privileged. Yes. Privileged. God absolutely loves us and absolutely has our highest welfare in mind. After all, he is our father. If we have that concept of doomed, Satan wins. Yeah. And he wins a big battle. You want to see a victory dance. You watch him dance when he gets you to start thinking that you're doomed. Yeah, yeah. Because, and and now, that's not what we want. I mean, we may, sometimes, you know, we don't like ourselves so much that we say, okay, I don't matter, but I certainly don't want Satan to win. Well, if you say that I don't matter, what you're saying really is I do, I'll allow Satan to win. It's okay, because I don't matter. Eh. Wrong answer. Exactly. You matter more than you can even begin to understand. Hebrews twelve four through 7. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son. My son. See? Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by me, by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives for it is discipline that you endure god deals with you as sons for what son is there whom the father does not discipline and what that's saying is yes you're going to go through hard times it's by design of god so that you can be better and let's get to our final i don't like me reason i don't like me reason number five i i cannot escape from mire of this pit of my own sin all right, and so we look at it, and, and that's where you got the I'm doomed thing, I guess, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, doomed. <laughs> I'm in this mire. It's a pit. It's, it just seems inescapable, inescapable. And just read part again of Romans 3, 9 through 13, where you get that sense from. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. Okay, we'll, we'll pause there, because lots to cover. So, you know, we go to this point where... We're stuck. There is none righteous. And that is a true statement except for Jesus. He's the exception to the rule. Yes, he is. So because there's none righteous, it means that we are stuck in this mire. It's not the mire of our own sinful nature that keeps us captive, though, even though we think it is. Listen carefully to this. All right. It's the mire of our old habits of not finishing a thought properly that holds us back. Because the fact of the matter is, yes, it's the mire of sin that you can't get out of. But Jesus has released us from sin. So maybe, Jonathan, maybe you can't get out of it, but he can lift you out of it. Good point. So it's the mire of our own habits of not finishing the thought the way we should that keeps us there. So what we need to do is to trust that the release as we see, trust in that release, the release of Jesus, as we see the whole picture 
in Scripture of how God sees us. And to see the whole picture, I got an idea. Let's go to the context of the Scripture, Jonathan. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Isn't that a unique idea? I love that idea. <laughs> Romans three twenty three to 28. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. See? Be- okay, so we're all there. We're stuck. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins of previously committed, for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So there you have it. It starts out by saying, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Oh, misery. But then the last few words you read, the justifier of the ones who have faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you are justified, you are made right in God's eyes. That's right. Now, are we physically right being sinful? No. That's why we need the covering of Christ's righteousness. Because His robe. The, when, when God sees us through the covering of Jesus, he sees our potential. And he looks at the sin as something in the background saying, that is no longer relevant here. What's relevant is the potential of my child. And look, isn't that the way you look at your own children? When they make mistakes? Yes, absolutely. And, and so, folks, yeah, I know we don't like ourselves, but think about the reasons that you use to not like yourself and think about the thinking of God and replace your reasons with God's thinking. Let's finish that scripture, Romans three twenty-seven and 28. Where then is the boasting? It is excluded. But what kind of law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So it comes down to faith. It comes down to faith. We cannot lift ourselves out of the mire of this mess. And you know, Jonathan, this this might be a little bit hard to describe, but I several years ago I saw somebody sent around pictures, internet pictures. There was a uh, near near a, a pier, uh, some some truck had driven off a pier, okay, and needed to be pulled out by a a large tow truck. Mm-hmm. So they bring a tow truck over, and they start to pull it out, and that tow truck got pulled in, oh, to the water. So the next picture is they bring this bigger tow truck to pull the other one out, and it gets pulled into the water. <laughs> what? And, and you know, it reminds me of ourselves trying to pull ourselves out of the mire of sin. How about that? You can, you, can, you can work out and you can get all ready, but you're not going to be able to do it. You don't have enough leverage. They finally had to bring in this big monster crane thing to get all this stuff out of there. <laughs> it was funny to look at. It was really, I wonder who paid the bills. <laughs> I wonder. But, you know, that's the way we act. We get stuck and we think we can rescue ourselves and then we give up when we can't. Wrong process. Get the process right. See it through God's eyes. God's ways, God's actions, God's plan, God's mercy, God's love. Let's go back to the skit guys one last time and wrap up that story. God's chisel remastered. And the message here is really simple. What we've been saying, see yourself the way God sees you. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child, a father disciplines the ones he loves. 
know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And that's got to be where we all get to. And again, Jonathan, it's not going to come because we're so good or so smart or do such great works. That's not the reason. That's not how you become a masterpiece in the hands of God. Remember the illustration from the Isaiah scripture, being clay in the potter's hands? Yes. You, the clay starts out like a big old lump. <laughs> That's all it is. But in that lump, what the potter sees is potential for a vessel, for a sacred vessel. So if we can become God's original masterpiece, we take the lump of our sinfulness and we acquiesce to the shaping of the hands of God. That's what it means to love yourself because God loves you and is actively shaping you with his hands. It's such a beautiful, inspirational picture. To live above our dislike for ourselves is to breathe the fresh air of God's mighty plans. Again, back to Psalm 103, verses 19 through 22. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. He has sovereignty, and he rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts. You have served him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And again, it's talking about you are, you are in his hands. You know, his, his, he's going he's gonna to perform these things in you. You know, that potter with the clay. The clay, it's the same clay that's either the lump or the beautiful vessel that is, that is created for use in the master's house. Choose what you want to be. Whose hands will you allow to mold you? Our final learning to like myself principle, that's principle number five in learning to like myself, what is it? Our thoughts do not necessarily define us, but they do reveal where our default thinking goes. Default thinking, the, the, what we naturally go back to, is a real key to helping us figure out how to how to put things in perspective. And just a quick comment from the app, Jonathan, somebody wrote in at the uh, Christian Questions app and said, so Christ puts us back in God's hands. I guess that means, that's what it means to be saved. Thank you for this program. That's exactly what it means to be saved. You're put back in God's hands so he can mold you. He can shape you. He can take what you are, what you are, what your potential is, and make it something wonderful and glorious and beautiful and useful our thoughts final scripture philippians 4 8 and 9 finally brethren whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is of good repute 
If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, finally, and I think this is a great scripture to to begin to bring this thing to a close. Finally, it's all about your thinking. Because your thinking inevitably will drive everything that you say and you do and the places you go and, and, and the things that you consider. So, it tells us what kind of thinking to be looked for. And if there's goodness in those things, think about them. If, yes. there's, if there's not goodness in those things, don't think about Move them. on to something else. Move on to something <laughs> else, yes. Um, so it really is an important understanding to put this in perspective. What is it that we must do to help ourselves get out of the I don't like myself, I'm going to act as though I'm a failure kind of a person into I love myself because I know unequivocally that God not only loves me, but he works with me and he cares for me and he has a plan for me and I can be a, an asset in the hands of God. You know, a lump of clay, Jonathan, is not an asset. No, it's not. But the finished vessel is mm-hmm. an asset. We need to review Psalms 103 often in our Christian walk, I don't think, we? I think it really is a great psalm to, to help put us in a, in a position of seeing things differently with different eyes. You know what? Old hat, new hat, same thing. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the cat in the hat book, it's a, ma- it's a matter of God wants you to develop you into something bigger and better. Your potential, the potential that belongs to Jonathan, that's what he wants. Folks, that's the way we need to see ourselves. I know it's hard to do that, but God has provided in the scriptures many ways, many methods, many inspirations for us to grab a hold of and walk through each and every day of our lives. Let's do that and learn to see with God's eyes and learn to put ourselves into God's hands so his plan can be accomplished. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We'll be back again next week with another subject. But till then, do you really like yourself? Do you really love yourself? Love yourself the way God loves you. Till next week, think about it.